All right, it's Vision Sunday. The Bible says that without vision, the people perish. But the truth is that without people, the vision will perish. We all need to get on board with this. We all need to hear what God is saying and work together to see it um, come to fruition. And so this morning is super important for us as a church. And it's also super important for us as individuals. Because I believe God is going to work in us and through us in this coming year. So are you ready this morning? ready to lean into what God is going to say to us as a church, what he is going to say to each and every one of us as individuals and what he is calling us into in this coming year. So I've said before that the vision for church is the same as the vision for every church across the world because the God, Jesus told us we are to go into the world to proclaim the good news and to baptize people in the name of the Father, Son and Holy Spirit to raise up disciples. And so that is what we are called to do, all of us. No one escapes that vision. It is the great commission that Jesus gave to his disciples and gave to us. And it's great to have strategies, it's great to have vision, it's great to have thoughts and direction. But ultimately, if it doesn't come back to that, if it doesn't come back to seeing lives changed and transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit, we have missed the point. But before we jump into 2024, I just want to quickly recap on last year. And hopefully many of you will remember that the key verse for 2023 was from Acts 2.42. And all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to sharing meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. And so our theme and our drive for last year was that we would become more and more devoted to God through teaching, through fellowship, through sharing meals and through prayer. And honestly, when we as a leadership kind of got together and looked back at last year and uh, what happened in the year that was, we were just blown away because honestly, it wasn't just a message that was preached in January. It wasn't just any other Sunday, but you guys caught hold of something and ran with it. And we were just so blessed to see that because, you know, it's great when, when the church comes together in unity, when the church works together for a common goal and a common purpose. And so um, we're going to have a teams night for those of you who are serving on team currently or would like to join a team, please get this date in your diary, Thursday the 8th of February in the evening, half seven. We're going to gather together, um, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to dig into um, 2023 vision actions and just kind of review that in a bit greater depth um, on that evening. Um, But for now, let me just give you some of the highlights for me um, from last year. We ran a marriage course, and eight couples went through that, which is just amazing. We had conferences, so we had 15 men, the greatest number um, that we've seen for years. And then the women also went for the first time in a long time, and 12 of you signed up, so already catching up the men straight off the bat, good for you. And there will be more of that um, in the year to come. Hope Cafe continued, and if we look all the way back to the beginning of January um, last year, the average numbers showing up on a Monday morning was 12. 
But then you look now, and the past few weeks, the average is now sitting around 20, 25 people gathering on a Monday just to have fellowship and community. And the reality is, at least half, if not more, don't come to church. And so there is a great opportunity. So please be praying into and praying for uh, the cafe on a Monday, that there will be good conversations, um, that the gospel will be shared, and people will come to know Jesus um, in in that outreach. We also launched Evening Cafe, and that, you guys just hit that straight off the bat. I mean, you must love food. It goes without doubt, doesn't it? 35 people on average show up every first Friday of the month, which is amazing. And then we also launched First Sundays of the month, where we encouraged you guys um, to invite people into your homes and to share food together. And, you know, it's all about food, isn't it? And so you guys got involved in that, and many of you are still doing that which is awesome. So there's some really good stuff um, and loads more that we'll dig into a bit on the team's night. But thank you guys for, for just getting on board with that and running with what it is that we shared at the beginning of last year. And so as we start this new year, we are still a church devoted to God. We don't wipe that away and start again. It doesn't get replaced with what we talk about this morning. We are still pressing into God. We are still looking to what he is going to do next and pursuing a deeper relationship with him and with each other. So we're still pursuing greater intimacy. And then this year, we're going to build on top of that. And so in June last year, God dropped a thought into my head, into my mind um, for this new year. And I've been kind of sitting on it um, and letting it marinate a little bit. And just every now and then I'd get another thought and I'd jot it down or I'd make a voice note or whatever it might be. And I've just kind of been sitting on it and and letting God do a work um, through me around what he wants to do this year. And then in November, the back end of last year, I took a few days away, went to this beautiful Um, converted church in Huddersfield uh, in the middle of nowhere and just sat and waited on God for two days and just dug into this theme for this year to see uh, what it was that we could do and bring out of this and then I shared it with the leadership um, and asked them to pray around it and and bring their thoughts onto it too so we are all united as a leadership um, and now we get to share it with you guys which is is great and honestly Vision Sunday is a little bit daunting for me because, like I say, I've been sitting on this for six, seven months and letting it cook in me. So for me, this isn't brand new. But for you guys, it's like it's just brand new. And so every every Vision Sunday, I just pray and hope that this will not be just another preach, that this won't be just another Sunday. But actually, you will catch something of what God is speaking to us as a church this morning, and you will let it land in your hearts as a seed and as we go through throughout 2024 that it will begin to grow and flourish and produce fruit in your lives. So this morning, how it's going to go, I've got 40 minutes. Okay, we're going to do a little bit of teaching around the theme for the year and then I'm going to spend a bit of time just getting practical. How is it that we're going to apply this vision? What are we going to be doing um, in this year? So I am going to race through it because there's a lot to get through this morning, um, but I'm not expecting you to remember it all. So then what we're going to do from next week is we're going to dig into the theme um, for the whole of February. So we're going to be looking at it for the whole of February and just unpacking it a bit more. So I'm hoping that this morning will be a balance of information and revelation from God. Okay, 
So through seeking God and asking him, you know, just what is it that you want to say to us? What is it that you're speaking to us? Where is it you're taking us? And how do we get ready for that? The word that God planted in my heart was stand. Simply that, just stand. And so as we step into what God is calling us to in this new season here at Hope Church, we are called and being called to stand. And I don't know about you, but I am acutely aware that we live in a world that is just pulling us in all directions and we are under great attack. And yeah, there are wars and there is hate and there is violence in the world around us. But more worryingly than that, there are attacks on our physical and mental health. There are attacks on our relationships. There are attacks on our identity. There are attacks on our freedom. There are attacks on our faith. And so I believe that we as a church need to make a stand. And so before I go any further, I think it's right that we open up the Bible and see what God has got to say in his word around this theme and around this scripture. And the truth is that when I kind of looked into this and was trying to understand what it is that God was speaking through this and, and what verse we should kind of ground all of this in, the Bible has so much to say around this theme, stand. But every time I kind of looked at a verse, I kept getting pulled back to what Paul writes in his letter to the Ephesians. So we're just going to read from Ephesians 6, chapter, uh, chapter 6, verses 10 through 20. And it's a passage that many of you will know really well. It says this, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggles are not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore put on the full armor of God, so, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground." And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm, it says, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. And then Paul goes on, pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given to me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. And I pray that we should declare it fearlessly as we should. But the key verse that I'm just going to pull out from that portion of scripture is Ephesians six thirteen. Therefore, Put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything, to stand. 
And then the amplified version, it says, And having done everything to stand firm in your place, fully prepared, immovable, and victorious. And so I was looking into it, and the, the original language in the Greek, the word for stand is histemi, and it means to make a stand, to place, to set up, to establish, to appoint. I stand ready, I stand firm, and I am steadfast. You know, the truth is, for all of us, when we are faced with a challenge, when we're faced with an obstacle, there is this uh, innate physiological response that we have to either fight or flight. That is just the natural thing that happens with you and I as human beings. And so when we're faced with a challenge or perhaps when we're faced with a calling from God into something new, we may choose to run towards it or we might choose to run away from it. But God, he offers an alternative stand. God has provided all that we need to stand. And in fact, sometimes the most courageous thing that we can do is stand. I don't know about you, but when we think of this word stand, and I'm going to keep saying it over and over again so it sticks in your minds, but when I think of this word, it can sometimes have kind of negative connotations, maybe even a feeling of kind of lethargic or laziness. But I want to be clear this morning, church, that our stand is not passive. This is an active stand. It's a stand that we can only take when we are prepared with everything that God has given to us. And so as we look at this key verse and as we dig in to this theme, I believe that in 2024, God is calling us to stand And to stand in three specific ways. To stand in, to stand up, and to stand firm. And so let's dig into those a little bit this morning, but then I'm going to take a Sunday on each of these. So like I say, I'm racing through this stuff this morning. Stand in. Stand in in what? What does that mean? Well, firstly, we need to stand in our identity as individuals and also as a church Because we are sons and daughters of God. If you call yourself a believer this morning, you are co-heirs with Christ. You have access to heaven, to everything that God has to offer. As his follower, as a believer of Christ, that is your identity. We are loved and forgiven and filled with the Holy Spirit. The same Spirit that rose Jesus from the dead. We sang it this morning. His blood runs through our veins. That is our identity. And we all have a God-given purpose. And I believe we were positioned here for such a time as this. And so we as a church, we want to equip you and empower you all to stand in your identity. And as a church, we've said many times, but God has called us as a church to be needed in our community. And that is a massive claim. The idea was that if Hope Church was to be removed, then there would be a hole. There would be a gap. 
There would be something missing in our community because we are so needed. And so we're going to press into that some more. We are going to stand in that identity as a church. In Acts 26 verse 16 it says, Now get up, stand on your feet. I have appeared to you to appoint you each and every one of you as a servant and as a witness of what you have seen and what you will see. So we need to stand in our identity. We also need to stand in unity with one another. The church is stronger when we stand together, when we stand united for a common purpose and a common goal, when we stand in love and support of one another. The scriptures just ooze this idea of unity. Philippians 1.27 Above all, you must live as citizens of heaven, conducting yourselves in a manner worthy of the good news about Christ. Then I will know that you are standing together with one spirit and one purpose, fighting together for the faith which is the good news. Psalm 133 verse 1, how wonderful and pleasant it is when brothers live together in harmony. There is nothing more beautiful than followers of Christ standing together, united. And this church across the world today is not united. The church across the world today is fracturing and splitting and bending theologies and just messing up the word of God. And so we need to stand together in unity. We need to stand together believing the word of God. Yeah, come on. So we need to stand together in our identity. We need to stand together in unity. And thirdly, on this stand in theme, we need to stand in the gap. In Ezekiel 22 verse 30, I love this this story, this passage of scripture. It says, I looked for someone who might rebuild the wall of righteousness that guards the land. I searched for someone to stand in the gap in the wall so that I wouldn't have to destroy the land but I found no one. God was looking for someone to stand in the gap and he found no one. In a world that is filled with sin and darkness, in a world that is riddled with hate and betrayal and anger, can we stand in the gap? Can we be the ones that God is looking for and actually he finds them right here in Lytham St. Anne's fighting for righteousness? Can we be the ones to intercede with God on behalf of our family and our loved ones and our friends and our colleagues and our neighbours? Can we be the ones to stand in the gap? So we need to stand in and also we need to stand up. We need to stand up for truth. We need to stand up for truth. And the world, sadly, even the church, is seeking to bend the truth to suit their needs. We must stand up for truth, not my truth. I was chatting to this with my sister-in-law just yesterday, how she was saying just the world just says, well, this is my truth. But there is no my truth. There is the truth or nothing. That is it. Your truth is not the truth if it's not in line with scripture. It is truth or it is lie. There is no in-between. And the reality is that standing up for truth 
is not always easy and it is often costly. And so when we set this out as a thing that we want to do as a church in this year and beyond, when we say, I am going to stand on the truth, it isn't going to be easy. And it may well cost us. I mean, how lucky are we in the West that we can gather like this and worship God, that we can proclaim the gospel freely, but it is being oppressed slowly. There are things happening even in our nation that are quietening down believers, that are making us feel like we can't declare the truth anymore. But no matter what the cost, we need to have the boldness and the courage to stand for truth, to stand up for truth. Jeremiah 1 verse 10 says, Today I appoint you, today he is appointing us, to stand up against nations and kingdoms. There are some things you must uproot and tear down, destroy and overthrow, and there are other things that you must build up and plant. Later on in that passage in verses 18 and 19, this is in the message paraphrase, stand at attention while I prepare you for work. He is preparing us right now, getting us ready. I'm making you as impregnable as a castle, immovable as a steel post, solid as a concrete block wall. You are a one-man defense system against this culture against Judah's kings and princes, against the priests and local leaders. They'll fight you and they will fight us, but they won't even scratch you. I will back you up, God says, every inch of the way. We have to stand up for truth. We have to be bold. We have to be courageous. We have to take a stand. And in a similar light, we need to stand up in the world. We need to stand up in the world because the culture and the society we live in is pulling us and stretching us and pushing us in any number of ways. But as followers of Christ, we need to stand up in the world. We need to live lives that honour God and in doing so set us apart from the world. John 15 verse 19, if you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. But as it is, you do not belong to the world. But I have chosen you out of the world and that is why it hates you. Romans 12 verse 2, do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind and then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good and pleasing and perfect will. We need to stand up for truth. We need to stand up in this world. And then thirdly on this idea, stand up, is that we need to stand up tall. We need to stand up tall. And that means to be brave. It means to be proud. It means without retreating from confrontation and danger and adversity. When everything within us is screaming, run away, give in and give up. Like Daniel, Ruth was sharing last week, when the law was passed that you could not pray to anyone except the king. What did Daniel do? He stood up tall with boldness and braveness and courage he flung wide the windows and he prayed to God 
Like David facing Goliath, that mismatch of, of, of a, a battle that by human terms made zero sense. He stood up tall and he said, how dare you come against me? I've got God on my side. And so he stood up tall and he defeated Goliath. And so we too need to stand up tall, unashamed, unshakable, unyielding, confident in who we are and confident in whose we are. 1 Corinthians 6, 13 to 14, it says, Listen, stay alert, stand tall in the faith, be courageous and be strong. Let love prevail in your life through words and actions. So we need to stand in, we need to stand up, and then finally we need to stand firm. And there are a lot of crossovers in this, um, and I think that's great, it's encouraging. But firstly, understand firm, we need to stand firm on the Word of God. We need to stand firm on the Word of God because it is a firm foundation. When we are stood on the Word of God, we cannot be moved, we cannot be shaken, we cannot be broken. And when we build on the foundation of the truth of his words, we will not be moved. John 8 says, So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. We've got to abide in his word. We need to be spending time in his word. It is not enough to just skirt over this or tick the box when it comes to reading his word. We've got to dig into it. We've got to lean into it. We've got to let this just get inside of us. There's a bit of scripture that says, eat it. Not literally, but get it inside you. Get it inside you as much as you can. You can never have enough of God's word. Psalm 119, your eternal word, O Lord, stands firm in heaven. His word stands firm. And we need to stand firm in our faith. Exodus 14, 13. Fear not. Because there will be times when it gets scary and daunting and we want to run away. Fear not. Stand firm and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. Psalm 40 verse 2, he lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and the mire, and he set my feet on a rock. He gave me a firm place to stand. And so we, as we stand firm in our faith, I believe that God will begin to do incredible things through us. And you know, as I was just sitting in this idea for a while, I got this revelation from God about the works of Jesus. And as you read the Jesus story, time and time again, he speaks words to people and he asks them to stand. Multiple times, and we'll look at this more in a few weeks, he asks them to stand. And when those people stand up in obedience and in faith, the supernatural happens. Something supernatural happens when God calls us to stand. Let me just read you one of those. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man. This is the guy who had been lowered through someone's roof. 
He spoke to the paralyzed man and he said, Stand up, pick up your mat and go home. And immediately, as everyone watched, the man jumped up, picked up his mat and went home praising God. Jesus asks him to stand. And in obedience and in faith, the supernatural work of the Holy Spirit brought healing and wholeness to that man. Do you have faith for miracles in 2024? We have been singing this morning that this is a house of miracles. Are they words that we sing or are they words that we believe in our spirit? Are we believing for more in 2024 than we have ever seen in the past? Let me just give you two from last year. At the very beginning of last year, cancer was gone from someone in this room. These are testimonies not from my sister's brother's cousin's neighbor's daughter, but right here in this church, cancer was gone. A lump in someone's breast, gone. No explanation, no scientific reasoning, just the supernatural power of God at work in people who stood up and who had faith to believe. That is the power of God at work in our church. And I am believing for more of that in 2024. These will not just be words we sing on a Sunday. These will be things we believe, that we speak over, that we pray for in faith, believing that God will move. Stand firm on God's word. Stand firm in your faith. And last but by no means least... We need to stand firm against attacks of the enemy. You know, I started this morning with a reminder that we are in a battle, that we are under attack for our physical and mental health, for our relationships, for our freedom, for our faith, for our identity. And so we need to be ready. So let me reread that key verse, Ephesians 6, 13. Therefore... Put on every piece of God's armor. Everything that he has given you, put it on so that you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. We've got to put on the armor. We've got to protect ourselves. Right at the beginning of every day, remind yourself who is with you. Remind yourself that you are a son or a daughter of the Most High God. That nothing that comes against you can stop you. That no attack of the enemy will get through. Because God has given us everything that we need to stand firm against the enemy. You know, I believe that 2024 is going to be a year that we, Hope Church Lytham, will take some ground. But we cannot take ground unless first we stand our ground. And so we are going to stand firm this year. We are going to stand. Okay. I think I've done well for time. We've got through all that. So I'm going to leave that there. And I realized that I raced through that super fast. That was like a overview, a whistle-stop tour. But then in the coming weeks, we're going to dig into each of one of those in greater depth and greater detail. But for now, let's get a little bit practical. 
I read this quote this week. Mark Twain says that the only place success comes before work is in the dictionary. And so this vision is only going to happen with a little bit of work. Because vision without work is just a daydream. And you know, the truth is that this church will grow and thrive with, with God's hand in place. But this church will not grow if we don't put our hands to the fire as well. We've got to get involved. We've got to get stuck in. We've got to be committed and we've got to put in the work. And so what is it that we're going to be doing in 2024? What is it we're going to run with uh, to get this vision moving? Well, let me be honest. The reality is we are super conscious about people's time and about people's energy and about people's resource. And so what we do not want to do is just put in place a bunch of programs and events and things that you feel obligated to come to and get involved with. And so, to be honest, this year there is not a lot going to happen that is brand new. But the things that are in place, we really want you to get involved in. So there is going to be little but they are of vital importance. And so let me just to highlight a few things that we believe will help each and every one of us to stand. Are you still with me? Good. Okay, the first and quite possibly one of, not the, one of the most important things is life groups. We said at the beginning of last year that we were going to launch an extra group uh, in 2023. That did not happen. Um, because of various reasons. But this year we're beginning with four life groups and I'm believing as we go throughout the year we will need to add more. But life groups are the key part to this church community. It is great to gather together on a Sunday and I love being with you all and praising God and worshipping him and opening the word together. But if you do not plug into a life group, you are missing out on a vital part of church life. You miss out on community. You miss out on being able to build relationships beyond the, hi, how are you? Isn't it flipping freezing over a coffee after church? (laughs) And so what we're doing this year is we are taking life groups and we are prioritizing through them pastoral care. So in no uncertain terms, if you want us to care for you, get to a life group. That's not strictly true. But that will be really important. And so what we've done is in each and every life group, we have appointed a pastoral person. And so there is one person in each life group whose role it is to care for you. So if you are in a group, I can guarantee that you will be looked after. Another thing just to emphasize is, We don't know what we don't know. So if you are struggling with something, if you need help with something, if you are in pain and you need healing, tell us. Then we can pray for you, we can care for you, we can look after you. But please get connected and get plugged in to a life group. And so we're going to start at the end of February, like I say, with four life groups in four different locations. Uh, They're going to be on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Three in the evening, one in the morning, um, and there is a sign-up sheet in the foyer. So starting at the end of February, we're going to be working through that five-week course. And so please, yeah, like I say, sign up to life groups. And that brings us on beautifully to action point number two, prayer. Prayer is the powerhouse of church. 
It is where the fuel burns so that things can happen. And I don't know if you were here last Sunday and you heard Ruth's message. If that didn't stir you to pray, I don't know what will. If you missed it, please catch up on the podcast. It was so powerful and so encouraging. And the truth is, and she, she shared it last week, the prayer meetings over these past two weeks, it was disappointing. I'm not going to lie, the attendance. Seven people week one, eight people week two. It's encounter on, on Wednesday this week. Let's see more people because we need to pray. We need to pray together. It is so important. We need to get praying with passion, with enthusiasm, with expectation, and in unity together, believing and praying and hoping for a deeper desire and for intimacy with God. And so what we're going to do is we're going to implement uh, monthly prayer meetings. We've done a whole bunch of stuff in the years gone by. We've done weeks of prayer, which start off great and then fizzle out at the end of the week. We've done days of prayer when we've had 12-hour periods. You sign up for an hour and you pray in your own home. But I really got a sense of the importance of praying together. You know, we're talking about standing in unity, standing together. So I believe we need to come together and pray together. And so we're going to have monthly prayer meetings and they're going to alternate between evenings and mornings because I'm aware people can't always come in the evenings or people can't always come in the mornings. So we're going to alternate that at least to begin with and see what happens. But we're going to begin this Wednesday with Encounter, 7.30 p.m. That is our first official prayer meeting of this vision series. Please come down to that. And so actually following Ruth's message last week, I felt it was right to rebrand Encounter. We're now going to call it Deeper because we need to be pursuing deeper intimacy with God, deeper relationships with Him, deeper uh, revelation of His Spirit. So let's get together. Let's pray together. Uh, so also I just want to share, and this is more for information rather than for you to be getting involved in, is Ruth's mental health course, Cardia. For those of you who don't know, this is a course that is specifically aimed at young people. Um, she did a pilot of it at St. Bede School where she works at the back end of last year. It went really well. Um, and now she's just making some amendments and some tweaks, but has some visions for that moving forward and what I would say about this course, and as we've already laid out in our vision about standing for truth and standing firm on his word, is that this course is unashamedly based in faith as well as scripture. So this course, she ran in, yes, a Catholic school, but hopefully in secular environments across uh, Lancashire or wherever God may take it, people, young people will be exposed to biblical truths to bind up stuff that is going on and causing them to have poor mental health. So please be praying for Ruth as she makes these tweaks and adjustments. And so her aim for this coming year is that she will get to run a course from here in the church uh, where people are uh, asking to be a part of that group. Um, and she also practically does need some support in that. Um, it will be a daytime thing 
other details haven't been nailed out. But if you are interested in that, um, she would love to hear from you. So go and speak to her um, after church. If you feel you might be interested in supporting her, run a course from church. She's going to be applying for multiple funding applications um, so that she can run this. The vision is that she would quit her job and do this full time. Um, and so we're believing for successful grant applications that will fund a salary as well as the running costs of the course. So the first one is uh, the National Lottery um, Awards for All fund that she's going to apply for in the next few weeks. That's £10,000 if she gets it. And that can be used, some can't, but this can be used towards salary. So please be praying for successful applications. And then the other vision is to train other people across the UK to run their own groups. So this wouldn't just be localized. This wouldn't just be Ruth, a one-man band, doing this and running herself ragged in this area, but that actually this could spread. And the reality is, it's an incredible course. And I know I'm a little bit biased, but it's amazing. She has gone into so much depth over the past two, three years developing this course. It's phenomenal. And so I am praying and please pray with us that this will grow and grow and grow. And we will see young people's lives changed and transformed and freed from the sickness of poor mental health by the power of the Holy Spirit. Okay, we're nearly there. The next thing, and this is something that just came to me this year actually, is we're going to run a preaching course. So many of you will know that we do in summer Fab 3, and we get three of you who wouldn't ordinarily be on the platform to get up here and have a go at preaching for 10 minutes, and we've loved it, and we're going to do that again this summer. So I'm going to be coming on the hunt for some of you to do that. But what I thought would be interesting, just to provide an opportunity for some teaching and maybe some practical thoughts around preparing and delivering a preach. Um, Coming on the course will not guarantee you a slot on a Sunday, but it is good to grow and develop and stretch ourselves. So I don't know, maybe there's just one of you in the room that's been thinking, I'd quite like to give that a go. Well, this will be your opportunity. And what that will look like is two or three evenings over two or three weeks where we'll get together in church and we'll just do a bit of teaching and a bit of practical uh, stuff around what it looks like to stand up here and deliver a preach. And then there'll be a gap. And then the following week, you'll come together and you will give a preach, a mini preach just to the group. So it's quite an unthreatening environment. And then we will all feed back to your face. Because honestly, there is no better way to grow than hearing from your friends and loved ones how you can improve. Do you know, I love it when people come up to me um, and say, oh, John, you are amazing. But actually, it's really helpful when I hear from people, and Ruth does this a lot. Do you know what? You could have done this better. You could maybe have unpacked that a little bit. You skipped over that and it was too important to skip past. And that's how we grow. That is how we develop. I'm not standing here saying, I am the best communicator in the world. Come and learn from me. I am saying, I've been giving this a go for a few years. I think I can do it okay. Why don't we have a chat and see if we can maybe get some more of us doing this. So that's what we're going to do. More information on that uh, in the coming weeks. Um, social action. 
So we're not going to set up anything new. I'm just checking that we're not actually going to do that. No, we're not. Um, really, but forget-me-nots is our key community project. Many of you will know about that. Uh, we got a van at the back end of last year, which is amazing. And so I'm believing that this year we can increase the number of families we support through forget-me-nots. So we provide beds, bedding, furniture to families um, who come under Lancashire social care system. Uh, it's such a blessing to be able to do that. And so if you are even remotely practically minded, I mean, I am rubbish at DIY and I do okay. Um, and if you are free in the daytime, it's a full day um, that we give to that project. Um, even if you can just give one day a month, that would be incredible. One day every two months, that would be amazing. Please come and speak to me so that we can increase the, the team, which means that we can increase the support that we give. And the thing that kind of came to my heart last year, and I want to try and look at this year, is Forget-Me-Nots is 100% essentially a secular project. Um, we do not use it as an opportunity to share the gospel. Um, if conversations happen naturally, we will, but we do not go in there saying uh, we are from church um, because we are kind of led by another organization, um, and that is not their vision and their mission, although they are Christians. But I want to see kind of our practical support go beyond being the hands and feet of Jesus to being the mouth of Jesus. And so in the past, we've done things like Christmas hampers and gift appeals. And, and what's happened with those in the past is we've built the hampers and we've given them to social workers who then go out and give them to families who need. What I would love is for us to do stuff like that, whether it's Easter eggs or selection boxes, or hampers, or whatever it might be, and for us to go into our community and knock on people's doors and say, we love you, we are from the church down the road, and we want to bless you with this gift. We would love to see you at church on a Sunday. Can we pray for you? What I long for is that we can move past being the hands and feet of Jesus, which is important and is vital, and we do a great work through that but that way you can begin to take it a step further into being the voice of Jesus. So I'm looking into that and I will share more information on that in the coming months. And finally, uh, women's ministry, the lovely Leslie came to us and said, I would love to set up and launch a women's ministry in church. There are going to be uh, opportunities for conferences and opportunities to hang out socially and all kinds of stuff like that for you ladies. That is it. Are you feeling it? Did you catch hold of it? I realize that that's a lot of information to take in all in one go. Um, and we're going to just kind of keep you updated in the coming weeks and months so you don't actually have to have remembered everything that I've shared this morning. Um, but hopefully you've caught hold of some of it. And before we close, I realize time is getting on. Um, I just want to share some, some team news with you. So this Tuesday, I'm sure you all are fully aware, as part of our 21 days of prayer and fasting, you are play, praying for our leadership. And on that very day, I spoke to the lovely Leslie and said, would you join our leadership team? And she agreed. Yeah, come on. <laughs> we need to get some more excitement in this place. Come on, people. And so, Leslie, would you come forward and we're going to pray over you, if that's okay. 
And so that is it. I've realised that is a whole heap of information to be taken in, but we will keep on updating you with what's happening when, so there's no expectation for you to remember absolutely everything that I've gone through this morning. But you know, what we're believing for the most, what God's heart longs for above everything else is more people in relationship with him. It's lives changed and transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. Do you know, Doreen shared a vision with me the other week, and it was simply this, that we, the church, were gathered in this place and we were facing forward, worshipping God. And there were people coming in. They were drawn in, not because of programmes or activities or events, but because we, the church, had our eyes fixed on Jesus. And so together we can build a strong community of believers that will become a light in this community, drawing people to Jesus. And so church, would you stand with me this morning as we commit this vision to God? You know, I believe that we are going to see growth both individually in our relationship with God and with each other. And I believe that we're going to see growth as a church as people begin to see a strong, thriving, life-giving, faith-filled community. A group of people who are standing together in unity. A group of people standing up for the truth with boldness and with courage. Unbreakable, unshakable and unstoppable. A group of people standing firm against anything that might come against us. You know, we may have doubts, wobbles and worries. And you may this morning have preferred to have heard a message that said, hey, take a seat, get comfy. Maybe you're tired and worn out and broken and you just want to hide away and curl up. But God says, no, get up, stand up, stand firm, stand in your identity, stand on his word and on his promises When trials come, I'll stand. When hard times come, I'll stand. When everything seems against me, I will stand. How? Because we have been equipped with the armour of God. Because the Holy Spirit has given us everything that we need to live a godly life. Let me just read that key verse to you one more time this morning. Ephesians 6 Verse 13, let it sit in your hearts this morning. Therefore, put on the full armour of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything, to stand. So why don't we pray this morning, church? Yeah, Father God, we just thank you for this word that you have given to us as a local church. And I just pray that it will land in our hearts like a seed within us that will begin to grow and flourish and produce fruit in each and every one of us as we enter into this new year and this new season. God, I pray that you will give us the boldness to live it out. I pray that you will give us the courage to live it out. God, that we might stand in our identities knowing exactly who we are and whose we are. That we would be a church united, 
that we would be a church pressing forward into you for a common purpose and a common goal. God, I pray that we would be a church that will not be budged or pressured into changing what we believe, but God, we would stand up for truth, that we would stand on your word, that we would not waver, that we would not shake, that we would not give in to pressure, but we would stand up for the truth. And God, I pray that we will stand firm on the foundation that is you. The foundation that knows that your son came to earth to die for us, to give us life, to give us freedom, to restore that relationship between us and you. That God, we can stand firm on the truth of that. And on that declaration, on that truth, you will build your church here in Lytham. And so God, we just commit this vision to you. I pray that you would protect each and every person in this church as we begin to walk in it and live it out this year. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.